What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all, as always. A lot of big news um, over the past day or so since I talked to y'all last, which was, what, about Tuesday? Um, a lot has happened in the lacrosse world, and we'll get to all of that on this episode here. And, you know, starting with what is the biggest news of uh, the college lacrosse world right now um, is that the Ivy League has made the decision to leave the process of athletes withdrawing and coming back next season to preserve a year of eligibility. They've left how they handled that up to each individual institution. Princeton, Yale, and I believe I saw Harvard as well, has all said they will not accept athletes back who withdraw from school and come back next spring. Much like uh, what Rob Pennell did when he was at Cornell, Got injured, withdrew, came back next spring, and played for his final year for the Big Red as a technically a senior, but a fifth year senior. This, you know, big news here from the Ivy League and uh, really the biggest one coming from Princeton as they were the first school, or was the first school reported to have said they won't allow withdrawn athletes back, uh, which has prompted uh, the best player, possibly the best player in college lacrosse this season to enter the NCAA transfer portal. That would be Michael Sowers, the front runner for the Tarleton Award this season, um, all-time leader in points at Princeton, uh, tied that record in just three years, I believe. Um, They're, you know, absolutely outstanding player. You know, his phone is, an email is uh, blowing, blowing up big time right now, I would guess. Um, You know, every college coach in the country wants this kid. Um, And when you look at Michael Sowers, there's also a couple other Princeton guys that have entered the portal, some other Ivy guys as well. We know uh, Kyle Gall- Kyle Gallagher, who is a uh, senior this year, entered the portal about a week or so ago. Um, I believe there's been a couple, one or two more Princeton guys that have entered the portal as well uh, over the past week. Uh, Michael Sowers is the latest senior from the Ivy League to enter the transfer portal. Connor McCarthy, that's the other midfielder from Princeton. He has also entered the portal reportedly as well. Um, And obviously there's a lot of speculation around where Michael Sowers is going to go. You know, in... Obviously, everything's all pure speculation now. Um, 
But, you know, you, you go on Twitter, go on any of those message boards or anything like that, and you you see a lot of uh, Duke, Penn State, Virginia, Georgetown. Um, and I, I do want to, like, so I'm not implying anything here, but do want to mention that uh, when Michael Sowers was choosing a school, he committed to Princeton over Georgetown. Princeton and Georgetown were his two finalists uh, during the recruiting process uh, before he committed to Princeton. Obviously, uh, one of the best careers in Princeton history. So when you look at, you know, that's something to to think about. Maybe he goes to Georgetown since he uh, has a prior relationship with the school there, um, by being recruited there, um, and almost going there. Uh, Duke and Penn State are both interesting um, ideas. Uh, you know, Penn State gets back a lot of talent, so, you know, if they could add... Um, they could add uh, Michael Sowers in there. I mean, you'd have Mac O'Keefe, Michael Sowers, and TJ Malone um, at attack. Uh, that's that's pretty pretty dangerous there. Um, and then you have some of those midfielders coming back. Jack Kelly coming back for the Nittany Lions. Um, they got Gerard Silly coming back now, too. Um, Colby Kinnis. Nick Cardio, uh coming back in goal and on defense. So, you no, know, if 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 they would add Michael Sowers, you know, obviously all speculation at the moment. But if Penn State were to add Michael Sowers, I mean, I think that's just a um, you know a shoe in for um, a national title um, there. I mean, you lose Grant Mint, you replace him with Michael Sowers. No, I I don't think there's anyone else that can replace Grant Mint, obviously, but Michael Sowers, closest thing. Um, and if it was Mike, and if it was Grant Mint going to Princeton, um, replacing Michael Sowers, I mean it'd be the same thing. I mean those are the two best uh, attackmen, no likely the two best players in the country. So I mean that would be an interesting landing spot for sure for Michael Sowers. Um, Again, all speculation here, but like, you know, Duke um, is a school that we've heard a bit about. Um, and one thing to mention when you're looking at any ACC school that might look like it's a fit for Sowers, um, the ACC, the all the ports out there, the ACC will not allow um, seniors a fifth year. Because of this, uh, I know the University of Wisconsin has uh, already announced that they will not be doing that extra year thing that the NCAA uh, has put in place. Uh, Billy Alvarez, who's former football coach, now the uh, athletic director up there at Wisconsin, uh, announced that yesterday. Um, and as mentioned, there's also reports that the ACC will not uh, be allowing guys to come back for an extra year. Um, 
And I think that might be a bit as to why. Um, the only ACC news we've gotten of guys not coming back, or coming back or not coming back, are Michael Krause saying he's going pro um, and not coming back to Virginia. But we don't have anybody that has announced they will come back from any ACC school yet, um, at least at the time of recording this that I've seen. Another couple landings brought to you, just kind of playing, uh, playing along here um, as, you know, obviously all speculation, but let's say Michael Sowers goes to Syracuse. I mean that that would be pretty 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 dangerous. Um, Chase Scanlon, Michael Sowers. We'll see if Stephen Rafis comes back. Griffin Cook is coming back. Tucker Dordovic at the midfield. Uh, Jamie Trimboli. I did hear that he said he wants to come back to Syracuse. If it's a possibility, uh, but nothing set in stone right now, is what I've heard on Jamie Trimboli. Um, looking at UNC, you know you have Chris Gray, who's going to be a senior. Nikki Solomon, who'll be a junior. Add in Michael Sowers. Uh, that's 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 pretty dangerous there. Um, we'll see what Tanner Cook. And Justin Anderson do at at the midfield spots um, if they come back or not. But I think really any team that Michael Sowers goes to is a, an immediate contender, right? Um, this is just like last year when Chris Gray transferred from Boston U to North Carolina, made them an instant uh, contender in the ACC at least and on the national stage. And hey, they were seven and zero this year. Um, still bummed out that we are not going to get to see that UNC-Georgetown game uh, or UNC-Maryland, and then all those ACC games, obviously. Um, but, you know, UNC and Georgetown were supposed to be that weekend that everything got canceled. Uh, then two weekends, uh, the weekend after that, I believe, was... Uh, North Carolina and Maryland, uh, both those games would have been fun to watch. But, you know, overall, Michael Sowers, wherever he goes, he's going to make an impact. Now, there's been some mention of how many Ivy seniors will transfer. I I think that is a... Obviously, it's all speculative right now. I know those people saying... You know, all these guys should go to one place and create a super team. Um, and when you're talking about all those guys, they're talking about, you know, the big names. Sowers, Teat, uh, T.D. Irwin, uh, obviously a, cu- a couple other guys in there as well. Uh, Phil Goss, would he go somewhere from Brown? Um, you know, there's a lot of guys in that league this year um, that would possibly transfer elsewhere, I could see. Um, we know T.D. Irwin did say in an interview that 
Um, if he does play another year of college across, it will be for Yale. So I can't see him transferring. Um, he's already you know, transferred from Albany to Yale. Um, I I can't see him transferring uh, in, in, in any way. Um, I can see him going pro, um, and and he'll he'll make some he'll make definitely be one of those guys uh, that is able to make some money uh, off lacrosse right off uh, right out of graduation uh, with, with his profile in the sport, uh, especially at the face off position. Uh, so I, I I can definitely see him doing that again. Not saying he will, not saying he won't, but that's just kind of what what. What I could possibly see from him, just based off of that interview that I read, um, believe it was Inside Lacrosse or U.S. Lacrosse Magazine that had that up. Um, I cannot remember where where I saw that, but I know he did say if he plays anywhere, it will be at Yale. Um, with a guy like Jeff T, I mean, I I I don't know, you know, uh, Tank for T has, has been going on. <laughs> For uh, for quite some time now, uh, with uh, you know the, the the New York Riptide tanking for T, because um, I mean, he'll be the first overall pick in the NLL draft. I mean, I don't know if he wants to come back. If he doesn't want to come back, obviously, uh, you know it. You know, I don't know what Cornell if they've said anything about the withdrawal policy, but haven't seen anything from uh, T about him withdrawing or, or anything. So. Uh, we'll see what happens on that front as well, uh, but I mean, I could possibly see him go, uh, go to the NLL. Um, you know, hashtag Tech Fatigue. Now, another thing I do want to touch on with the Ivy League situation is kind of what this means for lacrosse in the conference, really the conference as a whole going forward from this. So. Been a lot of backlash on social media and really everywhere um, against the Ivy League for making these these um, you know backwards decisions, um, and you know, I, I think I saw it was Ty Warner uh, who played at Yale, plays for Whip Snakes now, had a uh, had a tweet out there about you know the Ivy Ivy League. Uh, but, but it was a trash move or something like that. And there was a number of current players at high-level Ivy League schools, lacrosse-wise, that either liked that or retweeted that. Um, so I think just that in itself shows the frustration that athletes have playing in that conference. And... You know, the Ivy League was just, you know, they've been at the bottom for so long, um, athletically speaking. I mean, you know, it, and not just lacrosse, but <clears throat> lacrosse and hockey have been the two biggest uh, sports, obviously, uh, with obviously the limited numbers and the different demographics in those two sports, but Ivy League lacrosse, like, 10 years ago, was not anything spectacular. I mean, yeah, you had Cornell. That was always good. Um, obviously, they had Rob Pinnell and, and a bunch of guys like that. And you always had one team, one or two teams that was always good. 
but one team is going to make the tournament, right? And this year and last year, it's kind of been a resurrection of the Ivy League. Um, they overall are trying to raise their athletic profile. Um, and you can see that. Just go look at the way they recruit in not just lacrosse, but football and basketball as well. I don't know if you all know this. Princeton flipped a quarterback that was committed to Alabama. Princeton beat Nick Saban in a recruiting battle. Like, no joke. Go go read about it. Um, the Ivy League overall was, I think the perception of it wasn't the kind of rich, stuck-up, white, no, um, establishment, um, I don't know what, what, what you want to call it, the, the Great Ivy Tower establishment type, type de mantra. Obviously, academically, um, a lot of people, you know, going to those schools opens a lot of doors, but for a lot of people, kind of the stigma of the Ivy League, I think that was that was going away a bit because you had more high level athletes going to the Ivy League. Um I mean there's been some high level basketball players go play in the Ivy over the past few years. Um and it, it it's it's just I think and obviously lacrosse wise, they've been much better than they have in a while. Um so I do think this decision does hurt them um, in recruiting. And I, I do think this is going to make them not just in lacrosse, but overall take a step back um, again. And it might be some time before. I still think they'll be good because I, I, I don't see many of these guys that are currently there as undergrads leaving. Um, we do know there's a couple guys in the in the portal, but... Other than that, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see many guys at, at Yale or, or any of those places leaving uh, that are undergrads just because of this decision. Um, but, I mean, th- th- there could be a couple. Um, obviously, the price of the school and, and what you're getting um, financially is always an impact there. But this situation with the Ivy League could come back to bite them. And I, I, you know, I don't know when we're gonna see that. I don't know uh, how soon it's gonna be. We see that, but it's it's definitely it's definitely gonna bite them in the butt. You know, maybe not as much as I'm putting it out there too, but it certainly would would, would probably bite them in the butt a bit, um, recruiting wise. Maybe not. It, I don't don't think it wouldn't cross as as, as much, but uh, football and basketball probably. Uh, very much so, um, and you've already seen a bit of that with, you know, guys that are injured that have to transfer somewhere else to play, uh, the final year, because they have that extra year because they were injured and got a medical red shirt, but they can't use a red shirt at an Ivy school. You know, it it it's just a big mess, and they need to, they need to get with the times. Um, it's not eighteen twenty five anymore. Uh, and uh. I I I liked this. I saw this on uh, on Twitter. Uh, said uh, retweeted an article that was about the Ivy's decision, 
and I, I believe it said something like, I thought they were the smart ones. <laughs> um, so definitely a lot of backlash there. It could come to hurt them. Moving on to kind of the big news out of Happy Valley, um, Penn State will have a ton of their guys coming back. Uh, seniors, that is, um, when you know Colby Kinese and Gerardo Sealy both announced their intent to return next season. They both announced that yesterday on Thursday. You have Mac O'Keefe coming back. You have Nick Cardiel coming back. I I think with with all the talent that they bring back, and they also have obviously some 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 decent talent on the roster. Uh, the only notable senior that I can think of right now for Penn State that hasn't announced he is either returning or leaving is Dylan Folds. Um, I I, I don't know what what, what he will do, um, but he is the only guy that I have seen uh, or haven't seen um, any news about from Penn State as of yet. Um, I, I think with this talent, I think there's no question that Penn State is the favorite to win the Big Ten next year, um, even if they don't add a transfer or, or, or anything. You know, they have uh, some good recruits coming in. They have some good freshmen. Um, and this is going to be a team that Jeff Tamboni has has built Penn State into a power. Um, I think they're just continuing. And um, I I think one thing to 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 kind of look at and see, obviously we don't know what some of those guys at Maryland or Hopkins are going to do. Um, we, we, we don't know what some of those guys um, at Rutgers are going to do. But uh, we'll see how things shake out in the Big Ten in terms of guys staying. But right now Penn State and Ohio State look to be the two. Or they have the most seniors coming back as of right now. Um, and I think I would put those two uh, ahead. Yeah, I just think I'd put, you know, I never count out a John Tillman Maryland team. Uh, so they're in there as well. But I would put Ohio State and Penn State probably 1-2, uh, Penn State being the 1, Ohio State being the 2. Um in favor to win the Big Ten um, next season. And obviously, we're an entire year away um, from that. So a lot can happen. Um, and obviously, Maryland is always a very good team as well. We'll see how Michigan, um, with some of their young talent, how they develop over the next year or so. Um, but just the experience that Penn State will have in Ohio State as well, I think those two teams definitely are going to reap benefits from having those guys back. Um, not only do they have the experience, but some of these young guys that maybe didn't get a lot of run this year for either of those teams, um, you know, they're, they're going to have these fifth-year guys that have been there through it all uh, to, to kind of teach them the ropes as well. So I think there's a ton of benefits uh, that you can point out for both of these teams. Now, Ohio State uh, does have two goalies in the transfer portal, Josh Coson 
and Christian Tomei. Uh, Tomei did not appeal in a game this season as a freshman. Kosen was obviously the starter. Uh, so that is something that I think definitely when you point out, yes, they have uh, guys like Trey LaClaire and Ryan Terefinko back, but who knows what's going to happen. And obviously Kosen could come back, Tomei could come back. They're just in the portal. They haven't committed anywhere else yet. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front and who they have in goal next season because I think overall, you know, with all the talent they have offensively, uh, coming back and defensively as well, you know, it's going to be a, it you know, the goaltending spot uh, is, is going to kind of decide now with these two guys in the portal, if one if if Coulson comes back, I think they're fine. Um, you know, Tomei hasn't played. I don't know, I don't know if he would get the starting spot or whatnot next year if he does come back. But goalie's definitely going to be a question for Ohio State uh, next season, uh, especially if if both of these guys leave. Um, and I don't I don't exactly know who they have coming in as a freshman, so. Uh, we'll see how everything shakes out uh, on that front with the Buckeyes and obviously the Nittany Lions looking strong again. Um, and, and I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I think Penn State is is primed to win the Big Ten. I think they're primed to make a championship weekend run um, again here in 2020. And obviously, not going to be able to do that, but... Uh, 2021 is the year of Penn State. Um, yeah, everyone said 2019, the year of Penn State, the year of Penn State. 2020, it's the year of Penn State. Obviously, not not gonna be able to do that now. So pushing it back to 2021. 2021 is the year of Penn State. That is all got for y'all today. As always, thank y'all for listening. Uh, you find us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal at Tanner underscore Dimling. As always, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.